what's up, guys? Welcome to the 60th episode of The Get Down. My name is Kareem. Gary W. here. We have a, I'm a kid. Yeah. You're going to let me introduce you or what? You're just going to jump the gun here? I don't know. I, just, I figured I should, you know? You're, you're a guest. You got to let us do our thing here. I just, listen, the time was right. That's why I was like, all right, I'm going to say it. Let's do it. Yes. We have Angelo the Kid on with us. Um, if you guys haven't seen Angelo and myself have an original song coming out this week, we're going to get into that later on. Um, but yeah, Gareth, why don't you get into what we want to start with? Because we've been dealing with something that's been bothering us for the last little bit here, and we kind of just want to talk about it. Yeah, it, we, we've we've had touched on this conversation about a year ago when it was more prevalent, but I want to bring it up again. Um, and it's racism within our industry, and it's it's not blatant racism. It's like these racial, like these racially uh, motivated undertones when addressing the DJ about music, and then also dealing with certain DJs in a certain way. Meaning, so a manager or owner speaks to uh, a black DJ in a certain way and a Latin DJ in another way and a white DJ in another way. And I feel like, I feel like when we get, we've been getting these little hints from ownership and managers about music that's being played in certain venues. Obviously we're not going to call out these venues um, for obvious reasons, because we, we take care of this stuff behind the scenes. Uh, that's why we do what we do. Um, and a lot of the times when there's an issue with music where, hey, this DJ played too much hip hop, this DJ played too much Latin, I feel like that it's not a complaint when my white DJs are playing in a place. And that's an issue to me, a huge red flag for me, right? So what we do, what Kareem and I do is we have the DJs then send their entire set to us. Because if you're not a DJ, um, the Serato program that we use to DJ, it keeps a, a log of what you played, what time you played it, and how long you played it. So we know exactly what everybody has played throughout the entire night for every set. If we want to request every set, we can do that. So what we like to do is go in and look at those, uh, those set lists and then go and compare it. So if I had a complaint, let's say, about a Latin DJ playing too much Latin or too much hip hop, I'll go and, and grab you know, an, another set list from another DJ and, and compare it. And see what it's like. 99%, not 99, that's that's wrong. 90% of the time, it's gonna be a similar, similar music's gonna be played. Realistically, guys, we play all the same music, right? Just different remixes, bootlegs, and whatnot. We all play the same style essentially with uh, regards to pop music, right? Um, so I feel like DJ, certain DJs are being profiled. And I, I'm absolutely not okay with it. And I really, really want to uh, to to address that here. Yeah, I, I think we've been dealing with this in Hoboken for a very long time, and it's gotten better, definitely. But um, it still happens, a hundred percent. And I mean, there's a million things to talk about in this particular on this particular topic. I mean, it, it's something that I think you and I it's our job to try and help fix, right? Or at least help prevent happen or happen less. Because I think a lot of times what happens is it's an owner or someone who may not be fully connected with what's actually popular in music and in culture. Right. And like, there's such a disconnect with, uh, with what 
is actually really happening in the world and what they think is should be happening, there's a huge disconnect on what the owner thinks should be played and what should really be played and what their customers actually want to listen to. Like we live in an area where I have friends of literally every race, right? We go out and we play music for people of every single race. Like Jersey City is is one of the most culturally diverse cities in the entire country. So like you have to be able to play a little bit of everything. And and like the the other surrounding cities and towns where we live, it's, it's not that different. It's the same thing. Like we're so diverse and it's really frustrating to have created something with get down that, that we pride ourselves on and then have to deal with our DJs feeling like they're being racially profiled or they were asked to do something because that they're not white. Like it's super annoying to me. And in the past where I've been more quiet and, and less proactive in speaking up about it. I think it's like now where it's like when it happens, we have to address it immediately. Right. And, and yeah. lately we've been doing that and I'm, I'm proud of us for taking that step. I think it's important. So absolutely. It, you know what the, the, the most disheartening part of this whole thing for me was when now I've had like two different DJs tell me I'm not comfortable playing at a venue and that fucking pisses me off to no end. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You know, because it, I don't care what kind of code word these these owners think that they can use to get away with the bullshit that they've gotten away with for, for all these years. We can all see through it at this point. Yeah. As you yeah. can tell, I'm, I'm fired up about this. I fucking I, I hate dealing with this shit. Cause like they should be completely out of our industry. Completely. It's ridiculous, especially in our area. But- the fact the fact that like hip hop can't be played in a set when it's hip hop latin like hip-hop latin is the most popular genres right now they're at the top like yeah, that's, pop music, that's, that's top 40 one. that's top 40 right there so like that's gonna have to be played at venues too like when i it's not really uh a lot of these owners again they're out of the loop with things as well they don't know what top 40 is either and and they're it leads to this stuff you know so Right. Whether they're whether they're purposely being racist or not, it's coming off racist. So they should yeah. probably educate themselves a little better when it comes to the music that's being played in their venue. Yeah. Period. yeah. I think also it, this this is not an excuse in any way. I think the people that are owning and running a lot of these bars grew up in a different era than us where they grew up with certain things and, and speaking about people of different colors in a way different way than we've grown up doing it. And again, that's not an excuse whatsoever, but it's just the reality of the fact that they're much more disconnected from the equality that that we see more of now, you know, and, and we've lived more of than they have. And I think that plays a role too. And again, I'll repeat it again because it's not okay and it doesn't make it right, but I'm just saying what I think is, is happening, you know? Yeah, well, a lot of these, a lot of these owners and, and um, managers now grew up going out in what, like the mid to early 2000s, late 90s, maybe even. Um, and I remember going out back then as well. And it was a lot of sing along and it was a lot of like house music, even at that time, with like a little bit of hip hop, like not a lot. Um, so I think the drastic change that we've seen over the years, I, it just like, like we said, they haven't kept up at the times. They haven't educated. There's always the, the music, the popular music is always in waves, right? There was the 2000s hip hop era that was awesome. Then there was the 2010s EDM era that was awesome. I think now we're in a much more diverse, you know, what's popular right now. It's a little bit of everything, which is super cool. But, you know, the, the waves of what's popular 
are always going to change. It's always going to be a little different. So. All right. So now that we got that off our chest. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know, you know, I think that was something that needed to be put out into the world because I'm it, sick of it being swept under the rug the all the time. Yeah, right. It really is. So it needs to be addressed, especially here when we know we have a lot of people in the industry that listen to this podcast and, and we, we want you to know that we see it and, and that yeah. it's being addressed uh, as, as best we can. I think something that we can do or, and, and you other DJs that might be seeing some of this stuff happen or, or hearing them, if someone comes up to you and like says something that has these racial undertones, I really do think it's, it's part of our job to, to like say something right there and be like, listen, you know, I don't think what you just said is okay. And here's why, and it doesn't have to be a fight or an argument, but I just think that calling the, these situations out when they happen would be the best way to try to put an end to them, you know? Do you, do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, yeah, just addressing things immediately as they're happening is just the best way to, to, to address any, any, type of, any type of problem to just avoid confrontation and long-term issues. Yeah. All right. Um, so this week is Halloween week, right? So we have... All these parties happening. DJs are super jammed out with gigs. Rick Wonder is DJing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which I, I hit him up yesterday. I'm like, man, you got some week, huh? <laughs> so, you know, DJs are working heavily. I, I want to bring up this question. Is Halloween and Halloween weekend the best weekend of the year for DJ and for DJs? I'm going to let Angelo kick this off. So... My whole thing, I honestly, the only bar crawl I really DJed was like, a, like officially did was uh, the St. Patty's Day one. And uh, so honestly, I, now that I think about it, I don't really have enough, much evidence, but I do have a story The uh, two years ago when I first started working with you guys, uh, it was Halloween weekend. And like, I think I was DJing at Pilsner house that night, but during the day I was just out and about. I was, I was with like a bunch of my friends dressed in a banana suit. I, we were, I think we were at Green Rock. And then I got the text. Um, I got the text in the, it was the group chat, the get down chat. And uh, it was like, Mike Tiggs needs a DJ at 80 River. So I was like, I'm there. I'm like, I got my backpack on me. I So I sprinted over and DJed there for, I like DJ there for like three hours. It was like one of the best times I ever had. So I think the Halloween music is great. Um, but I think, when in Christmas time comes around, I think when all those edits come out and everything, it's just so much fun and it's Christmas time. So like people are dressed up like, you know, an elf outfits, a bunch of different stuff. So I don't know. I honestly, I, when Chris, when I, I'll know by January, but I think Christmas maybe would be the best, but not Man, sure. So Angela has to like live a true yeah. like holiday Christmas and St. Patty's weekends. He hasn't even gone through it. I actually think that yeah. weekend that you did 80 river was around the time where you were like, starting to DJ some of the, some of our spots, but it was more of like the entry yeah, yeah. level, lower end stuff. And then yeah. like Tiggs hit me up. It was like, yo, Angelo crushed it. That was amazing. Thank you guys for helping me out. And that was like your, your moment to uh, kind of move on up and, and step up in the, in the world a little bit. I remember that. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And then Tiggs started booking me more often at 80 yeah. River. So it was cool. And again, that's one of those situations where like you helped out in a last minute situation that helped everyone involved. And that's like something that you get rewarded for, you know? Yep. 
Gary, what's your favorite holiday? We've had a lot of big holiday weekends. <laughs> We've done a lot together. Um, uh, my my favorite and what is the best DJ weekend is completely different. My favorite is always St. Patty's uh, because everybody's out super, super early. It's one day. Everybody's going hard for like 12 seems hours, like 24 hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've done 12 and 13 hour marathon sets on St. Patty's, but realistically the best DJ weekend is Halloween because what happens is people start to get dressed up on Thursday and they'll get dressed up on Friday and then Saturday. And then sometimes it carries over into Sunday, depending on when Halloween was. Now, when Halloween falls on like a Tuesday and Wednesday, you get two weekends because people get really confused as to when they should be dressing up. Right. Yeah. So then you're getting like a double dose of, of these Halloween parties and you get the actual Halloween party on that day. I've been called in on like a Monday and a Tuesday, like, Oh, didn't even realize Halloween was on Tuesday today. So, uh, can you come in today? You know? So DJ wise, money wise, crowd wise, it's the best. Like I'm doing seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven gigs this weekend. And I come in on Thursday. So like, it's obviously a, a, a big money weekend for us. But it's also the most fun because like people are super festive about it. Um, Angela, you noted like the music's really good. Like I dug back into like some horror house stuff from 2002, mm-hmm. uh, grabbed a bunch of Michael Myers edits from like 07, 08. And there's there's a ton of really, really good stuff. You can get like goofy with like Frankenstein and like Adam's yeah. family and you know, do live remixes and all that stuff. That's, Monster that's always Mash edit, Angelo. Monster yeah, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I texted the other day with Greg. Greg got a request for Monster Mash. He's like, no. I was like, all right, make a tech house edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can get really creative with it. I Now, granted, I know that it is probably one of the more annoying weekends because everybody's like, I'm dressed up like, I don't know. Ghostbusters. Can you play the Ghostbusters theme? It's like, shut up. I'm not yeah. like, you know, and that was always kind of annoying, especially in a bar setting. But, you know, you can get away with that stuff later. Like, keep the, keep that stuff in your back pocket, like later on when everybody's super wasted. Like, start playing people's costumes and like remix yeah. them and get fun with it. And like, you know, you get different sections of the room excited and it's it's, it's fun in that in that way. Karema, what do you think? I think that Halloween weekend to me as a DJ is my favorite holiday weekend to DJ for a number of reasons. I think number one, I think the most people come out for Halloween compared to any other holiday weekend, except for New Year's Eve. And I fucking hate New Year's Eve. It's the worst, (laughs) the worst Halloween to me is super fun because everyone comes out early, you know, you're selling tickets. So it's going to be an early start to the night. Everyone's dressed up and there's fun costumes. There's cool, sexy costumes. Like everybody's there to just have a good time. Um, I hate holiday music. Like absolutely hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> like I will play one Halloween intro into my set and that's all you're getting out of me because I refuse. Um, this, is, this is where Angelo and I have similar styles than Greer. I love it. Like I love way it. similar than yeah. Greer. Yeah. <laughs> like you want me to play, the, you want to play the, the Ghostbusters thing? Like, unless you get me drunk enough to be like in the moment and I want to do it, like it's probably not happening. Like zero <laughs> chance. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like I just, like the way I, I, especially Gary too. I mean, the way I play, like, I just like, like people like 
laughing at the at some of my sets too so if i like i mix in like this ghost poster like especially yeah. when they're really drunk people are gonna laugh they're gonna right. be like yeah, well your your guys styles we're, we're all different you know like your guys styles yeah. are very different from my style as far as how i approach my sets so it's like i don't i don't like getting dressed up i will get dressed up but i don't i i don't like feeling that way i feel like embarrassed yeah. almost i get like very like it's weird to say because we're djs and we're like in the spotlight I feel very like self-conscious when I get dressed up as a Halloween character. I don't know why. It's just how I am. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I was always scared to like go on stage or do anything like that, which is so weird again, because I'm a DJ and I'm on the mic and we're host a podcast and all this shit. But I am like introverted in that way. Same. I've got three costumes from the weekend. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, I just saw your latest TikTok, so we know you're not introverted at all. <laughs> yeah, no. You're dancing, dancing around, giving your weekend rundown. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> laughed at it, though. I got a question for you guys. Is the day, is the, the morning slash afternoon after Halloween the greatest people watching that you can do, especially in Hoboken? Just like post up, get a coffee and watch all the girls yeah, like you go get home breakfast and in, you see all the walk in their costumes. Hot messes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hide it that day. Listen, and dudes, <laughs> think, guys and girls. Right, right. For sure. I think the night, I think the night of a uh especially if it's like not like slam, like just seeing people the night of a bar crawl is the funniest thing too. Like people are zombies in there. Like oh, you yeah. could literally get away with a lot of stuff just playing and no one cares. It's so funny. Gar, I would say over the years, like Leprechaun in Hoboken, you know, uh, St. Patty's celebration in Hoboken was probably my favorite. But in the last few years, it's it's slowed down considerably and it's not the same as what it used to be. Um, so I probably right. would have would have said Leprechaun um, because that was the day where like the most people came out. Um, uh, Mo- same Morris thing with Santa Con, like both of those. Morristown St. Patty's is classic. It's like yeah. one of the oldest, one of the oldest parades in the nation number yeah. one uh so it has it has a lot of history and then it's it's really cool to see the the broad spectrum of age that that you have throughout the day you'll get like you know 60 year olds yeah i think it's cool that they still have old. the parade like hoboken lost its parade and it just kind of lost some luster right well when people started throwing things off the roof like tvs and whatnot like yeah of course you, the, the <laughs> yeah i mean we had we had a ruin it you know we ruined it but <laughs> It's probably our journey. Ruined it for me. Ruined it yeah, for me. It was, it was us, Angela. We apologize. 1,000%. <laughs> I, de- <laughs> I definitely, like prior to DJing, when I was, I was probably like 21 or 22, Hoboken was trying to crack down on um, like the, the, the parade day, Leprechaun, and like all the young kids. So they were like zero tolerance on any ticket that you got that had to do with like being drunk in public or open container or any of that was a $1,000 ticket. Yeah, so that was a crazy. I got year. an open container thousand dollar ticket, and I was like, "Yo, I could. I know a lot of people. Like, I'm sure I can get out of this. Like, my dad's real connected in Hudson County. Like, I'll figure out a way. I, somebody's got to know something to get me out of this ticket. Nope, thousand fucking dollars out of pay. <laughs> oh my god, that's when I was That's's young crazy. too. Like a thousand. I didn't have a thousand dollars to pay a ticket to. It's the most expensive beer you ever bought, for real. I literally, I was at a, a friend's apartment on, on the main drag in Hoboken and literally had a, a beer in my hand. Someone handed it to me. I walked out the front door and was like surrounded by cops. I also tried <laughs> so to get away. Watching. I also tried to get away and that didn't work out. 
I'm like lucky I didn't get arrested for that, but I just like pretended like I was like just walking and not seeing them and that didn't really work. Oh man. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's switch gears for a minute because we have a big, a big, uh, announce. Well, you guys announced it, I believe, right? Uh, yes. Yesterday. So yeah, big news coming out. Uh, I'm going to let you guys take, take the uh, floor here. Go ahead, Andrew. You want me to? All right. So yeah. Pretty much, uh, me and Cream got a new original coming out this Friday called The Incredible. Uh, we've been working with uh, Parari and Parari Academy, uh, and it just we came up with this dope track. It's the bass electro house, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool things going on, like around the track as well, which is cool. So uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be dope. It's a free download released on all platforms, um, and yeah, really really excited about it. So. Yeah. So if you guys stick around to the end of the show, we're going to put, um, you know, we teased out the track yesterday, but we didn't include the drop. So for you guys who listen to the podcast, we're going to put the full uh, first build and, and break and build and, and drop at the end of the show. Um, but some of the things that Angelo hinted at, we're going to do um, a contest. So we're going to give away the instrumental and all the editors out there. Um, you know, we're going to ask you guys to create some some cool edits using the incredible uh, instrumental and submitting them. And we're going to give away a bunch of cool stuff, merch, um, you know, some gift DJ card. or production of gear. Yeah. A hundred hour gift card. So we're going to do that. Um, what else are we going to do? I forget what else we said we were doing. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think, I think, uh, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. You guys have been hard at work. Uh, first of all, on the track, um, I know, is this your first original? Yeah. Both for both of you guys? Yeah. Yep. Um, I already I released one remix, but this is my this is my first original. So um nice. Wow, so it's exciting it's, that you guys are doing that together, like you know, coming out with your first original together and and it's a dope collab, obviously, for people in in, in our immediate area and in all of our connections. So yeah, it's going to be dope. And I, I've, you know, the artwork looks great. And I've obviously sat in a couple of meetings and, and heard you guys discussing. So it, it's, I'm excited to, uh, to hear the full thing and, and see all the branding and marketing that comes along with it that you guys are so good at. Thank you. Yeah. I, I also feel like cream. It's good that we did this. I'm happy we did this together because the first one, because there is, we never realized how much actually goes into releasing a track. Like we're like running into all these different, like, these roadblocks were like, oh my God, we got to, how do we do this? And then it's like distro kid. There's, there's so much other stuff than just putting out the track. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that- we've, we've learned so much on this journey. Like number one, just all the production skills and techniques and stuff that we've, we've kind of figured out. And then stuff that Ferrari's helped us work through, you know, a lot of this track, um, Angel and I created, and then we'd go sit down with Ferrari and be like, Hey, we have this idea, but we don't know how to do it. So he showed, he would show us how to do it. Um, which was great. Cause now there are certain things that we can do moving forward with the rest of our remixes and original music that we're putting out. So, you know, if you guys don't know who Ferrari is or Ferrari Academy, go check him out. We'll link out to him because, you know, we wouldn't be here without Ferrari. So huge. Thank you to him. Um, he is not only a dope producer, but he's a really good coach and teacher. Um, he's just awesome. So I, I can't say enough great things about the process of working with him. And so, yeah, check him out, check out the Academy. Um, but yeah, like Angelo said, there's just so much other stuff that goes into 
putting out the track. And like the marketing side of things is something that Angela and I work on all the time. Like, you know, anything that we've put out together, our edit packs and stuff that we've all worked out on for Get Down, going through it the first time is always really difficult because we're like creating the process of how to get from point A to point B. And I think once you have that step-by-step process of like, all right, the track is complete. Now I need an artwork. Now I need this. Then we got to put it up on DistroKid. Now we got to do this. Now we got to get on SoundCloud. Like once you have that step-by-step process, you know, next month when I put out my next original track, I already have the process. I know what to do. And it's just going and repeating the process. And the same thing for Angelo. And I think that's anything new that we work on. Once we have the process, things are like a hundred times easier. Yeah. Processes are, are the hardest thing to work. I'm sorry, Angela, just real quick. Just the processes are the, the hardest things to work out when diving into something new, right? And having somebody like a Ferrari who has been through it before that you can kind of lean on is, you know, extraordinarily um, helpful. Um, so, yeah, like you said, definitely check him out because especially if you're not familiar with the process. I Andrew, think it's sorry, like... No, I just think it's important. That's why it's important to invest in things like this, to invest in especially skills that you were truly trying to learn, especially even you can always learn it on YouTube. But I just think if you get that coaching or you're going to learn this person's perspective and take it as your own and do it in your own way, maybe. So um, it's always good to, I just feel like invest in all these different uh, skills, tools, whatever you're looking to get into. Yeah. And just from a personal point of view for me, like creating original music was always something and having an original song and getting a record sign. Like these are all goals that have been continually on my goal list that just have not been completed for whatever reason. You know, I never invested the money in a class. Let's say I I just tried to teach myself on YouTube and, you know, while it was great, I was been able to create this like edit and bootleg like name, I guess you could say, I've never been able to, to, to start down this original remix path, which is really the stuff that is going to be able to push me to the next level, you know? And I think it's really important that no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your career, there's always someone or, or some course or some person that can help you break through and get to the next level. And, you know, signing up for this course with Ferrari is one of the best things I've done in my DJ career because it forced me to get on a schedule it forced me to put in the work every week and come to class prepared um, and moving my tracks forward every week and not just sitting on an original. So if there's things like, even if you're later in your DJ career and you, you've never created an original track or you've never DJed this big club, don't think you can't do it. You just have to really dedicate yourself and, and put the time and set the time aside and, and work on it every day or every week or whatever it's going to take. And, and you could get there. And, let me being a DJ for 12 years, who's now finally putting out an original song, be an example for that, you know? Two. Yeah. You're going to have two in, in two months, which is amazing. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, I have my own original coming out, the follow-up, like the following in December. So that's pretty much done. We're just mastering it. It's got, that's going to come out, too. It's called Make It Hot. I'm excited about that as well. But So, obviously... <clears throat> You two are DJs, so is Ferrari. is a super dope DJ as well. Um, but Ferrari's really taken his his career down a, a production path as a teacher and as a producer. Uh, you guys are obviously pretty pretty big remixer, uh, you know, mashup, bootleg 
producers for diff, for uh, digital music pool. Um, how important is it to let's like, let's talk about like being an artist versus being a DJ, right? Uh, how how important is it to produce music in order to further your DJ career? Um, being that's first and foremost probably the, the most important question. And um, just let's like let's talk about the differences between the two. You want me to start, Ange? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the biggest thing about being a DJ versus being an artist is being a DJ, you're somewhat capped on how how high you can go, how far you can go, how big you can get, you know? There are amazing traveling open format DJs like a Beat Breaker, like a Rick Wonder, like whoever. Name your favorite open format traveling DJ. Um, but you see those guys now producing too because they've reached the point where they have to produce to even to get even bigger. So I think creating your own music, being an artist and pr- playing and producing your own music is the only way to get to the highest level. And I think producing your own mu- music is the easiest way to grow the quickest. Um, and I've known that and fear and, you know, putting other things first before that, before making, uh, before uh, making that my number one priority has kept me from, from doing that. And I think, you know, Angelo being 22, 23 and producing original music is he's at such an advantage now because, you know, you have a whole career to now grow. So, you know, you haven't DJed as long as I have, but you started DJing and and now you're becoming an artist. So what do, what do you think? I think uh, there, there's so many differences than just from DJing and being an artist. Um, so like, especially these bigger venues, these venues that have openers for you, you know, a lot of those, and they're like, these venues are booking you for your talent. Um, you want to hide almost like spotlight yourself. So you want to be playing all your originals, you know, I understand you want to cater to the crowd, but you, you're honestly, you really want to present yourself in a way to a crowd that maybe not a lot of, if you're a smaller artist, not a lot of people have seen you. So I'm thinking about like, all right, now I want to, I know cream, you, you've had one before, but I want to make an, uh, an intro for if I ever do like a Porta or if I ever do a, a, uh, go back to, when I go back to trio, um, I want to make an intro and I want to also want to make sure I play all my original music. So I think there's like definitely different way, like as a DJ, you're, you're more catering to the crowd where compared to an artist as a DJ, you're going to be catering to the crowd. You want to put on a good show, but you have to spotlight yourself. You want people to know who you are and what music you put out and like, just get the, your name, get your name in their face. I feel like as an artist performing. It's interesting because I, I think back to, I think back to uh, kind of when this changed over, um, but I also think back to like DJ AM, who was an artist DJ, which is so strange. Like he wasn't producing music, but he was able to walk into a room and people were going to see him, yeah. and he was able to do whatever he wanted in that room at the time. Right. And that was kind of all, all DJs looked at each other and they were like, well, what the fuck just happened here? It's like, like an A track too. Right. Before he yeah, started same. really producing a lot of music. Right. Right. Cause he came out of the battle scene and then was, was doing his, his open format thing. So kind of the same thing. Um, and then like when Avicii came along, it kind of changed the whole game of, okay, if you want to be a big DJ, you have to be producing your own stuff. Um, 
So it's interesting to now see it go to, well, if you're not producing, you're never going to be a big, big DJ, right? It's kind of gotten to that point. It's, it's elevated to where DJs are pop stars. You know, yeah. which is an amazing thing uh, to see in evolution over the years. So, um, just kudos to you guys to you know putting putting in the work and and getting an education on you know how to how to do the the back end work and then obviously also put in the the front end stuff the stuff that we are going to get to enjoy. Thank you. And I I think uh, another thing is too is that I feel like as us smarter smaller artists a plus I mean or us smaller producers a plus of us being. Uh, you know, smaller producer, like besides that is being a very good DJ. So like we can rock a room, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these producers that, you know, maybe they're very talented and they have a couple songs that are coming out. Maybe they don't know how to DJ, They but they want to play those rooms. So it might be a little bit easier to play, you know, some smaller gigs out of state um, that are not like, you know, festivals or anything like that. Cause like we're great DJs. So it's well, nice to have that yeah. balance. Example, Gary, we always talk about the set I played with um, Kungs that just kind of fell a little short. I think it was because he's he wasn't a DJ first and didn't really have that, hey, I don't have the crowd right now with my normal EDM set. I need to like do something else kind of thing. Um, I think that's the advantage that a DJ first has. Not only that, I think being a DJ first, you're going to make music that other, you're making music as with a DJ mind state that, for other DJs to want to play, you know? So we're, we're going to align a song or arrange a song in a way that makes sense for a DJ. Um, but one, one other thing, hold on a second, sorry. One other thing, um, something that Carlos Melange always brings up, and I think no matter if you are producing music or not, if you're just a DJ and you want to grow, I think you need to approach your DJ sets as if you are an artist, as if you are, you know, he calls all his gigs shows. He's like, I'm going to my show. I'm going to put on a show. And when you watch him, you understand why he calls that it that because he has such a presence on the microphone with an intro, the, you know, the, with his music selection, how he works the room. And I think once you have that presence, the crowd feels that energy. And every time, if you walk into a DJ set, as if, hey, I'm an artist. And if you have your original stuff to then back that up with and be like, hey, this is my track. It's coming out next Saturday or next Friday. It's even more um, just like confirmation with the crowd that like, oh, this guy really is legit. Like he's put, he's got his original music and this track is dope and it sounds good. And he could play, you know, a dope open format set. So look at your sets like they are shows and you know, if you have a microphone, you need to have a microphone presence. You need to have some confidence up there and smile and dance and have a good time and like really let people know that you own the room. Own the right, and it's only going to make your DJ set better. Just point back, and that's why Carlos always he he always delivers. You know, every every set because he goes in with that confidence and that aura that like I'm going to own this room, and you know, and and like I said, he delivers it every time. Oh, Kareem, you're muted. Uh oh, did we lose Kareem? Yeah, we lost Kareem. All right, we're we're gonna have to pause. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, you got me back. Yeah. Ah, there he is. I what I was saying was um this Saturday night at Birch, Carlos and I are playing together, and it's the first time we played together probably in 
eight years. I don't even know. It's been a really long time. Wow. So West if Birch burns in the ground, you know why? Because <laughs> 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 I'm super excited. I'm going to come with my like A++ game um, because I know Carlos is going to come with his A++ game. And like that always drives me to have a better set too. So. All right. I think we should round it out. I know we got a lot of gigs coming up this uh this weekend. Do we want to go around and you guys want to tell everybody where you're going to be this weekend? Go ahead, Gary. You start. All right. Well, I fly up. God, when do I fly up? Thursday, um, Latin night, 626. Uh, Friday, 80 River. Last time I was at 80 River, it was a wild time from like open to close. It was it was aggressive in there. It was like I popped it was in. crazy. It was a fun time. Um, so if you're in the area, pop in, say, what's up, do a shot in your costume, keep it moving Saturday afternoon. I will be at six to six again for drag brunch. It's always a, a staple for me when I come in Saturday night, where the heck am I? Oh, Ashford. Uh, I'm at the Ashford in Jersey city. That's going to be a great time. Probably have 800,000 people and 800 to a thousand people in there. It's going to be good. Yeah. As it always is. Uh, Sunday for football, the shepherd and Hoboken until like seven and then popping over to six to six to round out the weekend. Um, big week for a little hollow for a big, for a little Halloween party, which I'm sure Sunday night at six is going to be aggressive. So be ready. I think everything at six is going to be aggressive this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Saturday, Saturday, I, I need pictures of UFO. So on Saturday, guys, oh, if, if, uh, I, I want all <laughs> listeners to go look for, a picture of what UFOs is wearing on Saturday because it's uh, going to be quite entertaining. Go follow him on Instagram. <laughs> and Chris, what do you got you lined at? up? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Thursday, I'm doing football at uh, Wicked Wolf. Friday, Ashford. Um, Saturday during the day, I'm at Wicked Wolf again for uh, four to nine. For I think there's a bar crawl Saturday. It's going to be me and Hova kind of going back and forth. We're marrying Luigi. Um, Saturday night, Tally Ho. Um, and then Sunday night is going to be Birch. So I'm, I'm excited for the whole weekend. I'm hyped. Nice. That's a nice little lineup. Um, I have blue 42 tomorrow night, dollar beer night. Um, I've been doing this once, once a month thing at blue 42, super fun. It's a local bar. People turn up a lot of, lot of people try to build towers of dollar beer cups to the ceiling. That's, that's the vibe <laughs> in there on Wednesdays. It's a good time. Um, Thursday, tally ho Friday, six twenty six. Saturday night, Birch, as I said, with Carlos Melange Sunday, wicked wolf, which I'm expecting to be even more of a shit show than it normally is. So big weekends for everybody. Um, yeah. like we said, huge weekend for everybody, everybody be safe, have fun, enjoy this weekend. Um, so yeah, I think like we said, uh, after we sign off, Angelo and I are going to preview um, our track. It comes out this Friday. We're giving it away for free on SoundCloud. We would greatly, greatly appreciate if you guys would go in and pre-save the track in Spotify. Um, we will put that link in the profile. Um, that would be so awesome. We appreciate you guys. And guys, if you do download the track and you play it, send us some video. We would love to see reactions of the song. We'd love to see you guys playing it out. That would be so dope. Stay tuned for the uh, edit contest that we're going to announce in the next week or so. Um, and I think that's it. Actually, one more thing. We Last week, we didn't have a, a podcast. We launched our merch shop. Um, so 
two different get down tees, all different colors. There's hoodies, crop tops, crop sweatshirts, um, long sleeve shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, there's a couple of cream designs in there as well. So we'll link that out as well. It's get down, uh, merch shop. And I think that's all the plugs we got. So thank you guys for checking out this episode of the get down. My name is cream. Gary W. Angelo, the kid. Thank you guys. This is Angelo, the kid and cream, the incredible out Friday, October 29th. Let's go.